Episode 115 of the Hang with Coach Noonan podcast features Coach Scott Salwasser, head of athletic performance at Bishop Lynch High School in the Dallas area. Prior to coming to Bishop Lynch, he previously served as the Director of Speed and Power at Texas Tech, the Director of Strength and Conditioning at Texas State, as well as an Assistant Director of Strength and Conditioning at Cal, South Carolina, and Washington State. He began his career as an intern with the Oakland Raiders. Coach Salwasser has a master's degree in kinesiology from Sacramento State University and a bachelor's degree from UC Davis where he lettered in football. Coach Salwasser is a wealth of knowledge and eager to connect and help others who help kids. Make sure to follow him on Twitter slash X at Coach S. Sal. Before we jump into today's episode, just a few housekeeping things. Remember to follow the show on Twitter at HWCN Podcast. Please share this episode or any that you find value in. Please also drop us a five-star rating and leave a review. If you're in the Dallas area and are looking for some fantastic custom cookies that look almost too good to eat, check out Texas Treaties. Podcast listeners can use a special 10% off promo. Find that in the show notes. If you're trying to step up your menswear game and be dressed as sharp as some of the best athletes and personalities in the DFW area, Check out EtiquetteDawnCustomApparel.com for more information. Etiquette Dawn has been featured in The Knot and other bridal sites. Make sure you follow them on all their socials. Check those out in the show notes. When you need a coffee that works as hard as you do or is as strong as your squat, bench, deadlift, clean, snatch, or shoot, even as fast uh, as your Fly 10, check out Viking Coffee Company. Podcast listeners, use the code COFFEE with Noonan for a 10% discount on single purchases. If you are looking for a fast, quick, and effective way to sanitize your weight room and or locker room or mat room or wrestling mats or anything else, check out the Xanago Sprayer. It's an awesome, very convenient tool. Now, let's get into today's episode with Coach Scott Salwasser. On today's episode of the Hanging with Coach Noonan podcast, I'm joined by Coach Salwasser, Coach Scott Salwasser at uh, Bishop Lynch High School uh, in the Dallas Metroplex. He is the head athletic performance uh, coach for all of the Bishop Lynch athletics. Um, you know, he's just a strength conditioning coach, former collegiate Division One strength conditioning coach, former collegiate football player. But just at the end of the day, man, he's just a coach. So. I appreciate you reaching out and wanting to get on the podcast. Appreciate the support, Coach. I'm happy to have you on. Uh, I texted a couple of buddies. I said, hey, you know, this guy reached out about being on, and they were like, yes, get him on. He's awesome. So glad to have you and and glad that you're in the high school realm bringing your knowledge uh, to the to the rest of us. Well, I'm flattered, Coach. Uh, I'm excited to be here as well. Uh, been following you on social media and stuff and uh, a big fan of what you do and uh, – at the end of the day, like you said, man, we're, we're just coaches. I'm excited to get on here and just talk shop and uh, have some fun. So thank you for having me. Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to plug Coach John Mark Raspberry. He just recently had a, a, an episode with Coach Scott on there. And, uh, you know, I would highly recommend everybody to go check out uh, Coach's Conjugate Chat podcast, uh, you know, Coach Sal's ep- episode. Um you know, just learn more about him. We're going to dive in a little more nuts and bolts of, of what he does and how he does over at Bishop Lynch. Um, you know, but for sure, you know, check out and listen to his, his story. I, I know we'll touch into some of it. Um, obviously, you know, I, I alluded to you, you came from the collegiate realm. Um, and I know on that episode, you referenced the biggest reasoning had to do a lot more with family. Um, and then obviously the, the consistency, that is coaching at the high school realm versus the collegiate realm. Can you kind of elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah. So um, obviously um, coming up as a strength coach. So I got into the field in my first internship was 2003. 
Um, and then uh, my first full-time strength and conditioning job uh, at the collegiate level was 2007. And so basically from 2007 to 2021, um, I was a full-time collegiate strength and conditioning coach at, you know, a, a number of different schools, about a decade at the power five level. Um, and, you know, a lot of those, some of those moves were by choice, you know, to elevate my status or to um, improve economically or to be a part of a new opportunity. Um, and unfortunately, as is the nature of the profession, some of those moves were not by choice. Um, and it got to the point where um, at, at one point in there, um, like I talked about, you know, my Unfortunately, I got divorced and my daughters came to DFW area with their mom. Um, I continued on my coaching journey, uh, two more stops after that point. And uh, I finally, I was at Washington State University at the time. And I finally got to the point where I was like, you know what, man, like I'm thousands of miles away from my daughters. Um, I, don't, I don't see them that much. I don't talk to them that much. They're growing up. Um, I, I love what I do. Um, but, you know, I can probably love what I do and be somewhere that I can go to their practices, go to their games, help them with their home, you know, just see them more, be a part of their life. So uh, I just at the time, um, Sonny Dykes was the coach at SMU and I had worked for him at Cal. And so I knew a, a number of guys on his staff and I just reached out and I was like, look, I don't know anything about Dallas. I don't know the name of one high school down there. But uh, I want to go down there and I want to get in the high school ranks. Um, so if you hear of anything, let me know. Also, Kyle Keese at Denton Geyer, um, which, you know, uh, one of the best in the game in my book, right, college or high school. But uh, I've known him since I was at Texas Tech and, uh, uh, and, and Texas State and a great guy. And I reached out to him because he was the only high school strength coach I knew down here. And uh, – I was like, I don't know any schools down there, but if you hear something, let me know. He's actually the one that mentioned, oh, Bishop Lynch might be looking for someone. So uh, I reached out, like I said, to the SMU staff and anyone else. Um, Emmett Jones, who's the receiver coach at Oklahoma, he, he coached at South Oak Cliff for a long time, which is down here. So I was like, if you know anyone, help me out. And uh, they did. And so I got the job and I came down here not knowing zero research, not knowing, um, not knowing not only the success or lack thereof of the team, but also not knowing. So I'm from California, long story short. Um, so, you know, modern day St. John Bosco, De La Salle. I went to Bishop O'Dowd High School. Like I'm thinking, OK, I'm at this big private school. We're going to we're going to come out here and, and you know, every, push people around and everyone's going to be scared of us. And uh, I'm hoping to get there, but uh, no, I get here and it's like, Oh no, man. Like, you know, we're supposed to get out of the way of the public schools and just kind of know our place in line. And I'll never accept that by the way, cause that's not how I grew up, but uh, I'm like, okay, so this is a little different than I thought, but uh, you know, we're working on it. Yeah. You know, um, in Texas is very unique in terms of how academic and athletics and extracurricular are structured. Um, you know, I, as a as a native Texan, I grew up in in Houston. Uh, you know, I've coached uh, for six years in the DFW, two years in in South Texas near Corpus, and now uh, my fourth year in in the Austin area. I mean, it just it's awesome how to, to look at the evolution of athletics, both as now, uh, you know, as a, as a former student and now as a coach and just see, you know, it, it, not just athletics, but, but extracurricular in general, um, you know, just how much, how much resource funding is, is provided or, or poured into and, you know, yeah, there's always the the push pull about could it be more? Is it too much towards football or you know and all that? But uh, but we won't get into all that because um, I guess right. you know political and and all that. But right, right. 
there's a lot of places that care about kids on the public side. Uh, and not to say that they don't on the private side too, but you know, when you compare where you grew up in California, where it's a little more private school dominated, and even in the Florida. Correct. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's more private school dominated. You know, it, it's, it's crazy. Um, you know, so obviously that that's an adjustment for you, right? You're, you're going to, and you, it's not like you went to a slouch private school. Bishop Lynch is a really good wow, yeah, yeah. private school academically, athletically. Right, right, right yeah. Uh, but obviously it is an adjustment because you're not playing in the same league as the Denton Guyers as in terms of the, the, the on-field uh, right. championship type deal, right? Public versus private, UIL right. versus Alps. Uh, you know, and you may cross paths here or there, uh, but, you know, it, it's it's I'm sure that was an adjustment like you talked about, right. um, you know, obviously just coming from the collegiate realm to the high school realm. Right. You you've always been on the receiving end. Now you're on the developing end in terms of that next level athlete. Uh, you know, and I'd say that you didn't develop for the professional level at the collegiate level, but, you know, it, it's it's a little bit different uh, when you get the when you get the the up and coming 18 year old who just was 17 and 16 and now, you know, versus the 18 year old that's in college with a different mindset. So right. that standpoint, you know, how have you adjusted in your three years, your mindset to going, okay, these are absolute, you know, noobs when it comes to training. Right. And, and not, not to 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 dismiss or, or dismay anything that was done previously before you got there, but just right, right. <laughs> the training age, the, the the mindset, you know. Yeah. Well, I think those are all things, the excellent things that you hit on. You know, it's before you can even begin to talk about programming and the X's and O's of that, it is, it's an approach, right? An approach to training. And the first thing is is getting enough time and exposure with those kids, you know, because like, I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'm, you know, I don't know how you guys do it, but like at our school, you know, we've got uh, an athletic period last day of the, or last period of the day. Um, and then after school. So you've got literally where we're, I think they said there's like 700 or something uh, athletes male and female. Now, obviously not every sport lifts, but everybody's trying to come in there in those two blocks of time, you know, the two hours after school and, and during the athletic period, um, several days a week. So the challenge initially is just getting enough exposure because you know, as well as I do, if you're coming in once a week or twice a week for a half hour, like you're checking the box, maybe we can get some benefit or adaptation because you're so underdeveloped but that's really not going to get it done man you know so um obviously the first the the, the, first, the early adopter is always going to be football right so like, we get i train football every single day in the off season you know not not obviously sundays but um five days a week in the off season and then in season four days a week you know, we'll train more. I'll, I'll train football more um, in one week than most teams train in one month. And that's not because what I tell people is that's not because it's football. It's because they're the most bought in. Like that coach gives me, hey, how much, how, when, and for how long do you want? Great, man. <laughs> Let's go. You know, because people are always quick to say, oh, football gets this, football gets that. They're the most invested. They've got the most athletes, number one. You know, they've got over 100 kids and I've got carte blanche to, to do what I need to do to make them successful. You know, and, and we have other teams that are outstanding too: men's basketball, baseball um, are doing an outstanding job. But the first step is just getting them in often enough to make a difference, you know, because it's like anything, man. It's like if you see them. If you see them once a week or, or maybe twice a week for a limited amount of time, you're, you're like a substitute teacher, right? You, you, there's no there's no bond. There's no – it's just a thing to do, right? But if you're seeing them on a daily basis, 
especially if it's a good chunk of time, you know, you're a big part of their life. And, um, you know, that's where you really get the buy-in. And then once you've got that, all right, then you can begin to worry about, you know, what exercises are we going to do and drills, you know, all that stuff. But step one is just exposure, you know, and, and like you said, mindset, serious stuff. You know, some, sometimes they probably think that I'm, I'm too serious, but I always tell them like, this is my livelihood. This is all I've ever done. This is, you know, like, this is how I put food on the table. And that's, that's not their responsibility, you know, obviously um, to, to certainly, you know, sympathize because they're kids. Right. But it's to say like, this is important stuff, man. It's important stuff. And we're, that's how we're going to treat it. It's going to be important because you know what, you come in here and you screw around and it's not important. You're going to get hurt. Somebody else is going to get hurt. Um, and, and at best you'll leave here and, and not get any better, but at worst, you know, you'll get hurt and we're just not going to do it that way. You know, it's going to be serious. We're going to have, um, uh, uh, a, a real mindset when we go in there, we're going to have attention to detail. And I'm not saying that every kid in my weight room has perfect technique or anything like that. We know that that's not how it is, but, but I will say that they know when they come in there, you know, that they've, they've got to pay attention. They've got to act a certain way. Um, because it's, it's going to, we're going to work. How many, how many periods a day do you guys do? What's, what's your structure? You you talked about, um, how, you know, you have the one athletic period and then the two hour block after school. That's it. So I'll I'll train some teams, uh, like varsity baseball, uh, in the off season and I'll train before school. Uh, but then after that, it's just athletic period, which is fourth period for uh, our periods are about an hour and a half. So fourth period uh, and then after school. So you get about a four hour block at the end of the day, Um, you know, two, two, two last period and then spilling over into after school and then two after school. And then, you know, one hour before school and that's it, man. Um, That's it. So block schedule. So they have like eight classes would take four a day. Correct. Okay. Correct. So, yeah. A, a, a days and B days. So yeah. like, so most of your teams will train either a day or B day, yeah. right? Like, so you, you might train, you know, a days during the period uh, or B days during the period football trains every day. Yeah. Uh, they train B day during the period and then a day after school. But yeah, we're on a, we're on a block schedule, same thing, a and B days. Um, but we don't we have all the different sports are spread out throughout the day so like first period for the the first period of the day is varsity jv football varsity jv boys basketball and then second period of the day is this year and it's now freshman football freshman basketball varsity baseball or varsity JV baseball third period of the day is just boys soccer. And then last period of the day is basically, I think there are uh, ten, I think there's a tennis period, third period. And then um, last period is uh, basically all the girls. I think it is all the girls sports um, with, I, I don't know if tennis still overlaps in that or, but all that, um, for me, I, I only work with football, um, uh, and then I do a little bit with uh, girls soccer, boys soccer, and baseball. Um, I, I'm not the full time. We don't have a full time, you know, SNC coach in, in Pflugerville right now. Um, you know, I, I'm hoping to kind of lead that and grow that. I, I'd feel that there is a little bit of behind in some aspects uh, for that central, really just this kind of Austin area. I know you want to lump all of central Texas because there are full-time positions in the Waco area. um, And then even in some of the San Antonio area, there are full-time positions, but not, not at the, uh, not at everywhere in the Austin area. Your one-off school, like your one-horse town schools, have that, like a like a Hutto or an Elgin, um, I think Westlake or and or maybe Lake Travis. So, so we're um, 
we're a multi-high school district. So what you do at one, you know, you got to look at how it's done at others, um, you know, and funding and all that uh, minutia. But yeah, it, it's, um, I can't imagine, of course, I, when I was in Kingsville in South Texas, we were a small 3A school. So we did have my first year there, everybody was in the same athletic period. And it was a similar, I mean, for the total number of kids, the majority of them all were in <laughs> athletics. Um, you know, I would say probably about 80% of the kids, which is several hundred, like you're talking about, um, all in one athletic period. I just, you know, logistically, it's not, it's not conducive to one weight room. Um, right, or right. Really, even if you had two, it's just not conducive to one S and C coach. Um, so then you got to work with the other sport coaches and, and, and help them. So how, how do you, obviously the, the one good thing about football is the not just the number of athletes that you got to work with, but also the number of coaches that can come in and help you. Whereas some of the other ones, maybe you only have a couple of coaches, uh, maybe you only have one additional coach. So how do you delegate and or coach up the coaches so that what you're trying to do is not you like, you're not just the one guy, Right. Never being able to coach. Right. You're only running the the session, but you can now get on the floor. You can move about. Um, So how do you go through that process? Well, first of all, I'm I'm actually blessed to have a full time assistant. Oh, wow. Yeah. So uh, KB Gammon is her name and she she actually um, she's full time. So that's a luxury, you know, that obviously a lot of places don't have. So on paper, I train uh, football men's basketball, baseball, and women's soccer. And then uh, every other team that trains, she basically takes. And obviously we have some teams that don't train. Um, I would love if everyone trained, but to be quite honest, as you hit on, I don't think that we could service every team on campus right now if they wanted to train because there's not enough space in the room and hours in the day right now the way we've got it set up so that you know at some point if everybody showed up on january 8th saying okay we're, we believe we want to start training i'd have to turn some people away you know but uh yeah so she trains she trains uh women's basketball volleyball softball uh wrestling uh lacrosse uh i believe i believe that's it. I'm sure I'm missing somebody, but uh, she does a great job. Yeah. So she'll in the summer, she'll assist me with football um, because we don't have a ton of other sports training in the summer. So um, at that point, we'll, it'll, it's nice because we'll split it up varsity and sub varsity. Um, she'll take sub varsity and I'll take varsity and, and, you know, we can have better coach to athlete ratios, but during the year, uh, she's gonna, she's got other sports, you know, so it is just me with football, which ends up being about 60 guys, 50 to 60 guys. Once you subtract guys going to wrestling or guys going to basketball or whatever. Um, and yeah, the, the, the coaches, you know, uh, we only have two full-time, uh, football coaches on campus, the head coach and the offensive coordinator. Um, so really we don't have, uh, we don't have a ton of sport coaches available to really come in there and help either, you know, but to be honest, uh, our room is not huge. Um, so, you know, they, they come in and they do help um, where, where necessary, but um, it's a small enough room and, and I try to be as meticulous organizationally and logistically as possible that, uh, you know, I, I can usually run it just me, you know, and, and obviously the best coaches are your athletes coaching each other, you know? So, I mean, that's some of the older guys and some of the guys that are, that are more, you know, cause these guys that are rising uh, seniors uh, have, have been with me for three years now. So they know, they know how it goes. So now I'll get on them. If somebody's not, somebody's not executing around them, you know, they, they know better than that. So that they help me and they're kind of uh, assistant coaches in a way um, on the floor. So that's what it looks like numbers wise. Yeah. 
Man, yeah, that's that's interesting. I I had never I hadn't thought about the fact that you wouldn't have the all the all the additional coaches on campus um, for for that. That that's that's really interesting. That, that definitely puts more pressure on you, right? Um, you know, and and I sit here and man, we have. Including myself, there's because I, I also coach football. There's there's 13 of us, including the head coach. Um, so I can I, I'm I'm blessed to delegate and say yeah. I need you to be here, yeah. you here, and you to be here. But we're all and now we're also servicing a couple hundred in our varsity JV, right? right? Or, or almost right. 100, 100, 120, depending, like you said. Um, Subtracting whoever's in basketball, then of course, hardly ever do you have perfect attendance. Um, you know, not not even missing for extracurricular stuff, but just uh, you know, I, I'm sick or uh, yeah, you know, my 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 tummy hurts or uh, it's my mom's birthday. We're yeah. going out to dinner. Yeah, you know, uh, and then the I, it's crazy, the man, because you like to me growing up. I went to a high school that was not very good at football. Like we were not good at football at all. Um, my junior senior year was the first time we'd made my junior year was the first year we made the playoffs in like 30 years. Right. They were a big baseball school. Um, but I even then I I never thought about like I, I remember telling my parents, like, I'm not missing practice. I don't miss yeah. practice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Something else. Yeah. Yeah. Other time, and it's not like I was a good athlete. Um, yeah. you know, I wasn't the biggest, the strongest, or the fastest, but man, I just, I just understood the commitment to my team, and I needed to be there because I had a role to play. You know, and I just, it's crazy, man, that that kids, some, and I, you know, there are extenuating circumstances, and I don't want to dismiss anybody that that has had to go through some stuff. Um, you know, and and grief and death and, and those life things affect us all differently. But I feel like there's a lot of times where the emphasis is not placed on being present, right? There's so much, there's so much emphasis, um, both from a coaching standpoint in general, but then also from the kids, like, I want to get to that final destination. Or I want to get to that right. level, but it's like, dude, you, you, you can't, you yeah. don't, don't, Pass go collect two hundred dollars in one roll, buddy. Like you got to hit everything along the way. Maybe every now and then you can skip a step because of genetics. Uh, right. But yeah, man, it's just crazy how how kids just I don't know. And I, I would assume you know for you playing at, at the collegiate level, like you you didn't get a, the luxury of missing much. Um, no, you know, yeah, yeah. To, they had the leverage to cut you, pull your skull. In those days, so I'm I'm. You know, obviously getting older now and not to be the guy that walked uphill in the snow to school. Right. But like in those days, you know, shoot, like um, in high school, um, you know, I mean, the, the there wasn't even like high school strength coaches weren't a thing back then. Right. Like your 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 football staff did it. And then when I got to college we had a strength coach on paper and he was, but he was also the running back slash the special teams coach, you know? So it was kind of like, here's your sheet, you know, like I'll watch and kind of help a little bit, but like, you know, he's, he's trying to watch film. He's trying to recruit or whatever he's trying to do, you know? So, I mean, obviously like um, I'm from before where we really became a thing, you know, except for at the, at the bigger programs, um, I think two things ran through my mind kind of listening to you talk or whatever. Number one, you know, and, and obviously there's a lot of great parents out there that love their kids and support their kids, but it's like the kids will value what you value as a parent. Right. So if the lifts are important to you, right, then they're not going to be important to the kid. He only knows he only knows what he's heard you talk about and what you've showed him. 
through your behavior and and what you put an emphasis on right so like if if it's okay for you that he misses then why wouldn't he miss you know and and yeah there's like the rare kid that's like self-motivated in in light of everybody around him maybe not being that way but in general you know they're they're gonna adapt to what they see and and what they learn you know and I always try to and I'm not perfect shoot uh my my daughter plays flag football and uh know Dallas traffic man sometimes I'm hauling ass to try to get her to practice on time and sometimes she'll show up to practice late but I always feel bad because I'm like dang man like you know I'm always like oh look at this kid coming in late to my workout and here I am pulling up to practice hair on fire you know Stella get out go go run to the field you know um getting there late so like 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 you said you know things happen like I'm sure parents are doing the best they can you know, but, but long story short, the kids are going to value what you value uh, as a parent and also their friends, you know, if their friends are, ah, that's not important or whatever. Like, unfortunately, I think a lot of times kids try to, for lack of a better term, like pull everybody to, to, to an equal level, right? Like let's, let's, uh, he's, he's too good. Like let him, let's pull him back. I hate to say it, but like back a little bit, let's get him to chill out so that like, you know, we don't all look, we can all kind of function at the same, that, that really wasn't a thing. Like in my day, and again, hate to sound like, Oh, the old get off my lawn. Right. But like nothing gave me greater pleasure than beating my buddies, you know, like I wanted to be better than my, but like I, I would love in baseball, if I struck out my buddy, in football, if I had a TFL on my buddy, like that was the greatest thing ever, you know, but I think now like everybody kind of wants to just be social and kind of float at the same level. And that's kind of my tirade there. And then as far as the whole like next level thing, man, social media, you know, I think a lot of these kids just want to post cool things on social media, you know, like, and I think it's, 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 I've seen kids like not really want, be interested in like great opportunities because maybe it's a college that no one's heard of and they won't get that many likes on social media or whatever. It's like, who cares, man? Like this is your life you're talking about. It's a chance to play football. It's, you know, but it's cooler to say that you got a walk on offer from this school and Oh, so you get way more likes, man, do the, do the best thing for you, you know, do the best thing for you. Uh, it, regardless of what everyone else thinks, so yeah, I I, I, I agree with you. Um, I want to switch gears a little bit because I think it's an important thing to touch on, partly because it was a motivation for you to get to where you to get to the Dallas area with with being around your children, um, and two, I just think about like you know growing up. Um, I just remember always seeing coaches' kids around the field house, right? Whether I, I played, I remember coaches' kids growing up and then um, and then getting into coaching. You just see them all the time. How often are you getting to be in the weight room with your with your daughters and training? And then, you know, you talked about your one that plays flag football. And I remember on Coach Rathbun's uh, podcast episode, um, you talked about her playing in the championship game in Cowboy Stadium. Like, yeah. those are some really cool things. And, and um, I, I'd be, I'd love to hear your, you where you think like girls flag football is going to, because I think that's a growing, Dude, yeah, growing I, thing that eventually, I, I do think eventually yeah. it'll show up in Texas high school. I just right now the question is going to be where does it go logistically because. There's only so much field space. There's only so many coaching spots. Um, But I think it's one of those things that eventually people are going to be like, well, um, I think it needs to be there. Um, Right. So, yeah. Coach, well, you've opened it up now, man, because this is actually uh, (laughs) the the convergence of multiple factors that are very important to me. Uh, Obviously, I'm as bullish on girls' flag as it gets, man. Just – First of all, um, kind of talking about, you know, my daughters and seeing coaches' kids around. So like uh, 
both of my daughters are team managers. So they're on the sideline with us giving out water and, you know, all that. But I'll say this, man, like <clears throat> my they've always been around football from since I was at the college level. And, uh, you know, I've never sat down with them really and been like, okay, you know, this position does this, and this position does that. And, but, uh, you'd be surprised what they understand and absorb. And I can say that my oldest daughter, the one that plays flag, she's 10 and, um, her football IQ is incredible. Like I, I, I legit think she has a better football IQ than a lot of our high school players. And that's not to be messed up. You know, it, it's, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past her, you know, like the stuff that she recognizes and knows and uh she used to i would give it to him just because we thought it was funny but we'd actually look at it and be like dang that's like not terrible she would draw up plays and give them to my our, our oc um at the high school level and you know it would be 11 on 11 it would be positions where those positions actually are and it would have a blocking scheme and it would have like guys you know and it's like wow like that's that's I'm not saying that's the world's best play, but like, that's like a play that you actually could run. And, uh, you know, in flag, she gets, she gets everybody lined up, you know, she, uh, and defensively particularly, which, you know, I was a defensive guy, so it's a passion of mine, but her understanding of angles and positioning and all of that, man, it's just really like uncanny. Um, and it's just, it's just from watching, it's just from being around. Like I said, I never, I never sat her down and we don't watch film or anything like that, you know, but, uh, but yeah, so as far as girls flag, I mean, so I'm as bullish as it gets, you know, cause like to me, if we're gonna, if, if not to be overly political, but if we're going to say equality and girls, you know, girl power, girl sports, it can't just be when it's convenient, right? Here you have an opportunity for a sport that you know dang well, especially here in Texas with all the girls that grew up around their daddies, you know, watching cowboy games and loving football. Oh my God, the turnout would be insane. So you have an opportunity to provide all these girls with opportunities um, that'll last a lifetime, memories that'll last a lifetime, you know? So for me, I mean, I'm, I'm as bullish as it gets and I'm sure that we can figure out the field space and the timing and all that, you know, um, it, it could be a number of different things. You know, I, I think one thing that would be cool would be to, uh, cause you could go a number of different ways, right? Like you could play it during football season. You could play it in the spring. I mean, honestly, probably logistically it makes the most sense, uh, late spring, right? Like kind of like during track season, probably logistically makes the most sense, but I, I, but you know, just fantasizing how cool would it be if you played, uh, right before the men on a Friday night, you know, like it, at six o'clock or five thirty or something. But I mean, you know, like a lot of like men's and women's basketball, they'll play double headers or whatever. You know, like I think that that'd be a cool way to take it. But like I said, there's uh, infinite number of possibilities. I just think, like I said, you know, if you're if you're if we're gonna provide girls with opportunities, it can't just be when it suits us. Like there's a ton of girls out there that we love, especially now. It's gonna be in the Olympics in 2028. You know, there's some colleges that are starting to uh, sanction it as a, as a varsity sport. You know, some states, uh, obviously high school uh, varsity sport. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to be uh, wearing some people out. They're going to get tired. There's, there's, you know, probably two things they're tired of me talking about around campus. Number one is uh, we got to get on the front end of this flag, girls flag football curve. And then the other one is uh, – I'm like the, like I said, getting on my soapbox about the whole private school, public school thing here in Texas. I'm like the connoisseur of knowing how many uh, Catholic school kids are on each like big time team and like who's who went to Catholic school or whatever. So like after the Michigan, Washington or after the Michigan, Alabama game on my uh, athletic performance Instagram, I posted pictures of all the Michigan guys that were like Catholic school kids and like. Then, you know, uh, after the Washington game, the Washington guys and, and 
uh, countered them from the roster and then said, you know, elevate your expectations, you know, elevate your expectations. Cause we're, we're the only place that I've ever seen that we're just like, okay, with being second fiddle, you know, like everywhere else, like expects to be the dominant species. So I don't know that we'll ever get there, but, uh, but yeah, so those are my two, those are my two hot buttons. If you want me to get up on a soapbox and talk for an hour on just that, ask me about girls flag or ask me about uh, public school, private school. But uh, anyway, yeah. That's good stuff, man. And, and I think, you know, that, that, that kind of segues into a question I, I posed to you, you know, in the, in the, in the pre interview questions in terms of like, how have you taken which, you know, what you did and the level at which you got to as a player, plus what you've done as a coach, and then exactly what you're talking about in, in terms of elevating your expectations, uh, looking at the guys that, that played coming from a Catholic high school, how, how do you kind of take all of that and in, in presenting it? Obviously, you talked about how you did it through social media, but, you know, in that day-to-day conversation – or other other ways to where that you can say, hey, look, like it, you don't just have to be okay with, oh, well, you know, I did this in in high school, I I can't do it in college. Like, no, dude, like, damn, <laughs> yeah, like I, so I I lost one football game in high school, you know, and in California you play public, private, it don't matter. Like our entire league is public school. It's just not, and I get that Texas is different. And what I always tell people is like, I understand why it's different completely. I just don't understand why it has to be different. If you're a private school, you know, um, why, why you would just accept it. But uh, on a daily basis, no, I mean, it's, 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 it's even beyond my experience and it's what I like to tell them not. And it's, it's, it's a partial truth, right? Like not all these guys are going to look like college, you know, college football players, but I, I always tell them to get them gassed up. I always tell them, look, I don't know. I, I come, I came here not knowing what a high school team should look like. Uh, you know, I came here knowing what a college team should look like. So that's, that's my vision, right? If you guys look like college football players, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that we're going to win some high school football games, right? <laughs> So that's my mindset right now. Obviously, like that sounds good and like that gets guys excited. But obviously, you uh, you and I obviously and I know that we're not going to look all look like college football players. But, you know, it's, it's, it's something to strive for. And like as far as, you know, which begs the question, obviously, of of programming, you know, and I've evolved a lot like I. Obviously, I, I always believe that you should have a meticulous plan in place, an answer for everything, a plan for everything, but that obviously you see the lay of the land and you see how it does or doesn't work and you evolve, right? So coming in to high school, I knew that I couldn't do obviously exactly what we did at Power 5 college, right? Like anybody knows that. But what I didn't know was, okay, well, what, (laughs) like, what direct, excuse me, what direction do I take it in? Like, I don't know, you know, I know that I can't do this, but I I need to see what I can do, you know. Um, And what I found, at least for us, you know, after a while of looking at what we need and watching the games, you know, in college, I would spend 50% of our time outside moving right? Sprinting, jumping, like med balls, whatever you, 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 you know, whatever you like to do, but we would move for half the time and lift for half the time, you know, and that seemed to be a pretty good split. But in high school, uh, I tried to do that initially. And I was like, it's not enough time lifting. Like we need to, (laughs) we're, we're just, we're, we're too small and too weak to and and believe me look like if you look at my track record and google me and stuff you'll see that i I love speed like more than the next guy but where we're at now we've got to spend more time in the weight room man so like that's where i've really shifted it probably now i bet early off season we're probably 80 percent weight room 20 percent outside 
You know what I mean? Um, because that's what we need. Now, five years from now, like, let's say, man, we look incredible. Like, I got all these guys squatting 500 pounds and benching 400 pounds. Then maybe we'll go back to 50-50. But right now, we just got to get bigger and stronger. I think that will yield more dividends for us, you know. And we still sprint. We still jump. We still all, – all of that, man. I, I don't think you could ever get me off of that because that's what I enjoy the most, right? But being a realist – um, we got to spend more time in the weight room. So that's that's the biggest shift, I would say, is proportion of time moving versus proportion of time lifting. And it shifts over the year too, right? Like as we get closer to the season, we are outside for more time. And maybe towards the end of the summer, it does end up being like 50-50. But when we start next week, man, it's going to be 80-20. Yeah, it's, what's your process for programming – in terms of like, like how do you, how do you go about assessing what you need to do, where you want them to get to, and then obviously you factor in the logistics of of your your space. Um, like like walk me through what that process looks like for you. Yeah, I mean, for me, like, I think you need. KPIs or key performance indicators. Now, what those are to me, I'm not going to say it doesn't matter, but like you hit on, it's it's what suits you, right? So you need to know what what you prioritize and what you're going to test. Like to me, um, so the technology we have uh, that that we utilize is we have uh, valve smart speed laser timing gates. So we'll we'll time various sprint distances. Um, we have a smart jump mat, so we'll we'll do different jump variations. Um, although if I'm really testing a vertical jump, we'll, we'll use the vertex because that seems to um, yield a, a higher number, and so people tend to like that better. But on a daily basis, we'll we'll smart jump. Really, on a weekly basis, we'll uh, we'll smart jump. And that allows me to track it over time. We'll, we'll laser time something on a weekly basis. We'll smart jump on a weekly basis. We have Tendo units at the racks. Um, so that, you know, I prescribe percentages, but um, that allows me obviously to see how accurate my percentages are. And really that's what we go off of, right? Is the Tendo unit. The percentage is there for um, guideline, but, you know, we're, we're looking at the numbers on the Nintendo units. So what that process looks like, I decide it really it could be anything, right? I mean, we we bench, back squat, power clean, deadlift, vertical jump, broad jump, um, you know, 40-yard sprint, 20-yard sprint, 10-yard sprint, all the all the typical KPIs, not because I think those are the best, but just because um, you, you tend to have more normative data on those things. Um, but really... I'm just looking for them to get bigger, faster, stronger, however that however that looks, right? Can you get stronger and maybe your squat doesn't go up ridiculous amounts of pounds? Yeah. You know, I mean, I've done work with force plates um, there, you know, a long time ago before they were even that popular. And if you can produce more force, you got stronger, right? Like by definition, whether your squat went up or your deadlift went up, or not right so I, I don't have force plates and i know obviously that increasing absolute strength is going to give me the best chance to increase force production at a variety of velocities building off of that right so those are our kpis in, in that regard but yeah the ultimate test you know is are they playing faster we have gps units so i know what their speeds are in practice in games um are they playing faster um force production, obviously, through traditional lifting methods um, and, and then the, the jumps. And then obviously the um, size uh, component, uh, I weigh them weekly. Um, I'm lucky my my wife actually is an elite dietitian. So she was actually associate AD at Washington State, um, head performance dietitian there. And now she's in the private sector. Um, busy as heck right now starting NFL combine. She has about 37 guys, I think, but she's our dietitian 
right? Well, not because uh, we blow up her bank account, but because I'm so charming and she wants to help me, right? So she'll do a ton of stuff, right? You know, we'll do body composition. We'll do uh, body weight tracking and, and set body weight goals and stuff like that. So that's all at a, a really high level. She she does our supplementation. She does our designs, our team meals, our snacks, all of that. So um, those are the three main bigger, faster, stronger, like everybody. Um, but I just, I think, I don't think you necessarily, you can do those things without getting better in quote unquote traditional movements, but in the environment we're in, like you said, logistically, um, I know if I, if I got, if I squat more, deadlift more, power clean more, bench more, I probably got my force went up, right? If I, sprint better times i probably play faster um and then you know body weight and all that so where have you seen you know you've been at a lot of places so you, and, and you know been around for a while where have you seen the difference in like when you talk about sprinting and, and speed training the 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 greater emphasis being placed more on, on, you know, recording and publishing or, or, or communicating that to the athlete versus like just going off of the coach's eye or the once or twice a year, you know, yeah. might be, um, that's a great question. Whereas like now, you know, weekly, biweekly, you know, it's nothing to throw out, you know, the, the Brower or the, or the Vow or the Dash or whatever you have right. and just run them through on some flies, yeah. you know? Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's a great question, man. I think, I think you hit on it. The technology is so much better now, right? When I started what we were going to hand time, everybody, you know, every time we went out there, like that's not, that's, that's not realistic that it, that does become just the 40 every 12 weeks or whatever. But now it's so simple with the technology, right? Like I said, um, and the way I think of it is this, in the weight room, you, you can put a number on on everything, right? You can put a number on everything. You you squatted 405, okay? That's a number. Like next time, oh, you squatted 415. That's better than 405. But outside, you could never put a number on it, even jumping, right? Like, yeah, you, the, you could jump on a box or whatever. But other than that, there's really no qualitative measure, right? And so that's why it just made sense to me. Like, okay, in order to maximize intent, because anytime you put a number on something, guys are going to try harder, right? Like, if, if I know that when I jump and land, there's going to be a number there, I'm going to try to do better, right? Then if there's not. So every week we'll laser time something. It's not always the 40, right? It might be the 10, might be a flying 10. It's, it's wherever we're at in our progression. And, but we'll laser time something. We'll get on the jump mat and, and do some type of jump variation and track it, you know? And, uh, and like I said, you know, that's, that's kind of complements just the lifting being number-based. Now you've got numbers for everything, right? It's objective. Um, and, and not only does it track progress, okay, you used to jump this, now you jump this cool, but it maximizes intent. Because like I said, anytime you, anytime you put a number on something, guys are going to try harder now in lieu of that, right? Like, okay, well, I don't have laser timing gates. That's where, you know, in addition, cause obviously I can't laser time every single sprint you do. Right. But that's where we'll race. So usually if I'm trying to maximize intent. So our speed session would break down kind of like this, right? We do our warm up, we do our whatever you want to call them, right? Your speed improvement drills, your technique drills, whatever. Um, then we'll break into stations and it might be, you know, one might be, and I'm just pulling stuff up here. One might be like some type of broad jump variation. We've got maybe over here, some type of resisted sprint with a sled. You know, over here, maybe we've got like some start technique drill, maybe over here, you know, we've got several stations and then we'll come together. Um, we'll probably laser time one, maybe two reps. And then depending on what volume I want, right? Like if I say that I want, 
you know, six reps at 30 yards full speed, we might laser time one or two of those and then we'll race for the rest of them, right? Because now I know I'm maximizing intent that way, but obviously I'm not bogging myself down with the time it takes to test all of those reps. So it's not mutually exclusive. You know, we'll use it where we can. I think it really helps um, in, in the two ways that I mentioned. But obviously there's, there's other ways as well, even if you don't have any technology, you know. I think that that that's great, man. And the 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 point about racing, you know, I, I think it's such a we we've done more of it, even in the season to start practice. Um I, I was listening to uh I want to say it was it was Tommy Moffitt his podcast and he had Kurt Hester on this is when he was still at Tulane um this was back in the summer and he you know I think they were talking about hamstring injuries or something but basically it's like if you if you only ever touch top speed in games you're more likely to get hurt right so you've got to you got to get close or touch it a little bit I you know, consistently in practice not obviously not every day um but at least at least once or twice before the actual competition day. Um, so we would do uh, a variety of, of, of just little races at, at, to, you know, to cap off the warm up before we started. Um, but I, I think one of the things too, is, is varying the way in which you start, right? Yeah. We, we don't in football, you tend to start very similarly, almost every play, especially if you're a lineman. Um, in the quarterback, uh, but obviously receivers and motion and DBs, linebackers, right? You know, but then when you start adding in like the blitzing and things of that nature, and even you know your court sports, how much fluidity? You know, you got you 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 went in for a layup. Uh, you got you know you got body check on your way up, but no no fouls called. Uh, it doesn't go in. You got to outlet pass. Yeah. You get off the floor, and you got to go. So, if you don't ever vary your starts, right. I, I don't. I don't know that you that you can. It, like, it's one of those things where you, the weight room serves as a as a tool to improve athletic performance. Um, you know, and I, I don't think that there's really truly very many sports specific lifts. Um. I mean, you'd have to go really, really very like creative, but it depends on like, you know, you're like, so I agree with you, by the way, I yeah. agree with you uh, to me. I view sports specificity as, is there something is that will this lift help improve the output of a sports specific movement? And if the answer is yes, then it has some specificity, right? Like it's improving a sporting movement. Now, if there's, if we're doing something that has nothing to do with improving any part of our sport, you know, and, and we can talk about what that might look like, but some coaches might get offended, you know, but then, then why are you doing it? Then no, that that's not specific, but like, you know, even if it's a more general exercise, but it transfers to a sporting movement in, in, one or a few more ways there's just specificity you know i think if you get too cute the thing is is as specificity goes up overload uh tends to go down right so at our level what's a kid going to benefit more from you know a more general exercise uh loaded or some overthought overcooked specific exercise that has no resistance to it because it's too complicated, right? So, I mean, and I'm not saying that you can't come up with the, some good sports-specific exercises if that's your thing, but uh, uh, for for where we're at, like I said, you know, if it improves the sporting movement, then it's specific enough for me. No doubt, man. Um, I, you know, I, we can easily go off on a tangent on on, on – you know, generalized versus specifics. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll save that for another time to, to yeah. 
instead of ruffling feathers. Cause I've seen some stuff lately, you know, I, my wife and I have binged the entire three seasons of Ted Lasso. I don't know how many times now, but you know, the one thing that's kind of driving me right now in this calendar year. And as I go forward, right. Is, is his whole deal of, you know, like being curious and not judgmental. And I was talking to coach this morning and I say, you know, to be curious, I'm willing to be curious towards someone that I don't necessarily know or has not where I've seen been disparaging towards something else or someone else. Right. If you're. And maybe that's the wrong approach, I don't know, but but if you are creating dialogue and you're you're and you're not baiting to to just confirm your bias then it's right, obviously right. it's a lot easier to be curious, but it, it also it, it also becomes easier if if what you see can connect dots and you're like, okay, I can yeah. see why you would do that. But then if you're just posting stuff and doing stuff, and then you and then you go out and say, well, we don't do X Y Z because it's just dumb. Well, that's not yeah, no no hundred. 100- Dude, I'm I'm with you 100, percent man. It's 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 I'm interested in your reasoning. You know yeah. what I mean? Like if you and I, I tell this to my assistant all the time because she'll be like, "Well, what do you think of this or what do you think of that?" I'm like, I can't tell you what I think of it until I know your reasoning behind it, and then I'll tell you what I think of it because nothing's in a vacuum, right? You you have a reason for it, and what is your reasoning if if your reasoning is if 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 what you're trying to do if it's if it's number one safe right number two um you have a reason for it and that reason doesn't violate sound science go for it man let me know (laughs) let me know how it works if it works let me know shoot maybe i'll i'll try it you know what i mean so if you got reasoning but yes you're right if it's well it's dumb or well, I just like it. You know, we, we do this because I like it. We do this because I saw so-and-so do it. We do this because I saw it on Twitter. You know, like, I, no, that's not a reason. You know, what? what is your reason? Like there's, and, and as a young strength coach, you know, like I used to always, man, I've got to get everything under the sun into my program, right? All the cool ideas I have, I've got to get in, right? I can't leave one of them out. And as you get older, you get more patient and know like, okay, well, there'll be a time for this, but that time is, is maybe not right now, you know, but yeah, it's about reasoning. It's about thought process behind it for sure. Without, man. Well, bro, it's been, it's been awesome to get to know you and, and to hear your thought processes and, and just, you know, to go off on our tangents. I'm excited to, to, to follow you and, and watch you work at Bishop Lynch. And, you know, I hope, uh, our paths continue to cross. Um, you know, I think you, you're what you bring to the high school realm, your, your knowledge, your experience is invaluable. And, and, um, I hope more coaches reach out and connect with you. Uh, just cause I, I, I've, I've, I've genuinely feel like you could easily be this guy and you've been all these places, you've done all these things, you've coached all these athletes, but, at no point do I feel like you're you're a big time you're you're big timing. Yeah, I want let me rephrase it. You yeah. are big time, but you're not a big timer. No, no, you know, man. I you you're just like you said. We said at the very beginning, you're a coach. You just want to get better. You want to get the kids to get better, and you want to enjoy what you're doing. You, in the time that you have. You know what it is, man. It's like the higher you go. When I was young, I, I used to always think that like the higher I went, the better coaching I would see. You know, and 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 don't get me wrong, like there's some of the best coaches in the world at the higher levels, right? But really it's the higher you go, the better athletes you see, <laughs> you know, and uh some of the best coaches, if I had to make an all time top ten coaches list, you know, there'd be there'd be high school coaches on there, you know. Like it's it's just to me that doesn't mean anything. I've been the guy at conferences with the small school logo on my polo and nobody giving me the time of day and then i've been the guy with the big school logo and everybody wants to buy me a drink right like it's 
it's so fickle, man. And none of that means anything. It's, it's, it's like, to me, what I always tell people, man, what, what I'm about now is, is good. If, if you're a good dude, like let's talk, right? Because I'll tell you right now, I've met more good coaches in this profession than I've met truly good dudes. And that might sound kind of negative or cynical, but like that's unfortunately the way it is, man. So if you're a good dude, let's talk, man. And uh, I'd love to get to, to meet and know anybody. Just a quick uh, pitch, January 19th, I'm going to be speaking at Lake Belton High School in Waco. Um, uh, there's a clinic there. So um, if I'll have are available that day, want to come down, check us out. I think Red Brock is speaking, a couple other people. I'll be speaking. So it'll be fun. Dude, see, see, see how rusty, see how rusty I am, man. It's been a minute since I've been up there, but uh we'll 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 have some fun. So No, I'll be there and uh I've been, I've gone to that I think twice now. And my yeah, uh, so I think going in, well, this will be my third year to go. Um I've enjoyed it. Um you know, I went last year, learned some stuff, went well, the year before, learned some stuff. Um, or man, I, I don't think I went the year before. Um, but I just, you know, I just like those, those clinics are awesome because they're, they're small, they're intimate. You start to see a lot of the same people um, and you get to just that network, um, you know, and, and I, uh, we're, uh, we're fortunate enough. We're hosting a, a clinic um the same same kind of deal that that, that Kyle Keese is hosting at Denton Guy. Yeah, uh, I saw that. Yeah. Um we're, we're gonna host yeah. it on Tuesday. Uh so I'm speaking and Reb is speaking. Um so this is my first this is my first presentation as a strength conditioning coach. I, I've done some stuff as a football coach through Zoom, yeah. um, you know, back during the pandemic. So it's uh the old pandemic days. That that was when your uh you know, PowerPoint game had to be had to be strong in those days because you know you couldn't distract people by walking around and stuff. Man, yeah. it had to be what was on the screen. No, but, no. yeah, I, I I saw that on social media, Twitter, by the way. But like you said, man, it's like we have we have the same problems. We have we have the unique circumstances, right? Like I don't want to know. Like I don't I don't need to know anymore what the guy with five assistants and 10 interns does, right? I need to know what like people like me do yeah. for these things, right? Because it matters. So I, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to kind of get my name out in the high school community. And like you said, man, I, I don't think that I'm, <laughs> I don't think I'm <laughs> going to big top anybody. So holler at me. I love to talk shop, man. And, uh, Hopefully I'll see some of y'all, you know, on the on the clinic circuit.